Greetings, adventurers. Thanks so much for listening. You are catching the Dungeon Boys, a group of seven friends who create and go on adventures, Dungeons and Dragons style. Huge shout out, as always, to Wizards of the Coast as we use the 5e guide that they provide for this homebrew campaign. That campaign being the one you are currently listening to. It's our first campaign, Stardust Echoes, and this is episode 5. My name is Justine Mowry. I am the writer and dungeon master for Stardust Echoes. I have been playing D&D consistently since 2019. Um, I had dabbled as a kid and a bit as a teenager, but never really committed um, until 2019 when my passion for all things fantasy and nerddom and my background in theater and musical theater all sort of clicked together and I went, oh, what what have I been doing? I should have been playing this long before now, but uh, I haven't really looked back since. I love the game. I'm such a big fan of creating and having fun. And I've always been a storyteller, so this is something that I I hold true to my heart and I love doing. What's going on, everyone? My name is Grant, and I play Kastal Torash, uh, the Golden Dragonborn Barbarian. Um, I've been playing Dungeons & Dragons kind of on and off for the past, like, six or so years. Um, Now that I finally have a group... You know, a group of really nice friends that I can play that I play consistently with. It's really nice to get back into the swing of everything. So, um, uh, appreciate you joining along for the ride with us. Well, hi there. My name's Ellie. I play Pants, the Cobalt Ar- Artificer on Stardust Echoes. D and D has been a really fun thing for me to learn and play with all my friends. Um, I haven't been playing for very long. I'm a I'm a little baby baby D&D player, but I can't wait to learn more and play many more campaigns with my friends. Hi, I'm Dylan. I play Temple, the Warforged Monk, and D&D is a really fun thing to play, and it's a great way to get creative, and for me, I've been making art and stuff. It's real fun, and I'm glad you all are listening and you like us. Hi, I'm Anthony. I play Grayson Cato on the show Dungeon Boys in the campaign Stardust Echoes, which is what you are listening to right now. And if you are listening to it by accident, stick around. You might find it funny or not. Whatever. I'm not your dad. Um, I've been playing D&D for just about 12 years now. Um, started playing in 4th edition uh, and have been loving 5th edition since it's come out for the past few years. Hey guys, it's me, Lindsay, playing Six, the Tabaxi Rogue, and I've been playing D&D for almost a year now, so that's a fun time. Well, hi, my name is Arland. Uh, I am playing the resident winged tiefling warlock, um, and uh, Valen is his name, and I have been playing D&D... On and off for the last uh, two and a half years, I think. Um, kind of just started off playing and trying with one shots, and um, ended up really kind of falling in love with it. And now here I am, entertaining everybody that listens. So thank you. And now the Dungeon Boys proudly present episode five of Stardust Echoes. Thank you.
Temple's eyes widen on the pad in front of him, his orange eyes calculating as the energy signature matches the one they've been searching for in the beacon. He feels an emotion he rarely feels of anger and is instantly brought back to the beginning of his monastic teachings. A field stretches off, full of wildflowers, wind, and peace. The abandoned countryside never visited by the inhabitants of the planet V7. One lone individual walks, barefoot and focused, with a smile upon his wrinkled face, orange robes blowing in the wind, and he sees the wreckage of an old ship. As he gets closer, he notices there's so much growth upon the ship, and he wonders why he feels drawn to it. And as he gets closer, he sees the arm of a warforged sticking out from underneath. Hello? Hello? Is anyone in there? Ah, you are awake. Amazing. From the looks of you, you've been stuck between these stones for a long, long time. Uh, let me see if I can move this one away. Can you speak? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm, kinda. <laughs> Do you have a name? Designation MT1. Dash A four seven nine four dash J nine. Let let me stop you there, friend. Uh, I'll call you MT one. Is that all right? Y yes. That's <laughs> heavy. My name is Gamon. I'm just an ordinary monk. <laughs> Almost got it. One, two, three. <laughs> There. Oh. You have impressive armor, friend. Barely a scratch on you. Can you move? No? Hmm. But you're not damaged. Per perhaps you've forgotten how to move. What do you remember? Anything? Stone. Wind. Day. Night. Day. Night. Day. Night. Day. Night. Uh, and before? How did you get stuck? Hmm. Has it been too long? Ah! Did you just move your hand? Can you grab my hand? Yes! Excellent! Okay, let's sit you up. There you go. You've been face down in the gravel all these years. Maybe a change of scenery will jog your memory. Thank you. At least you're polite. I'll set up camp here for the night to keep you company. I don't suppose you're hungry. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I, I had a feeling. Um, forgive me for prying, but you and death seem to have a tenuous relationship. Uh, what does life mean to you? L life meaning that death. <laughs> you're an odd one. But I think I could call you friend. Would you like a friend, MT1? 
Yes, friend. Well, all right. At least this good-for-nothing monk can still make friends. What is a monk? Temple startles back as Grayson waves his hand in front of him, turns his head and realizes where he is and what has happened. That this team, these friends he has around him, have found their beacon and now have much larger decisions to make. So there's a thick stench of almost like gunpowder, bomb powder, whatever they use. And so there's this this stench of the bombs, residue, you know, you kind of <clears throat> like batting some smoke away. And the there's a small crater of where Sam was that has like fiery blisters co- coming out. But and there's pieces of scrap metal everywhere. But besides that, all of you are kind of standing in a half circle. You just learned a shit ton of information and blew up a robot. What do you do? Bye bye, birdie. Did we end the last session with a rest? No, you no. did not. Okay. We didn't? You ended it by blowing it up. You had never taken a rest. Temple said at the end that he needed to take a rest to... He said he did, but you, but point. you didn't. Well, yeah, but because we, to, in order to process the... Um, the files. The files, yeah. yeah. But now, but that didn't necessarily mean that we did take a rest. Because we didn't decide as a group to take a rest. Yeah, you, you, he brought it up, which was very smart, but you have not taken one yet. How much time does Temple need to process the information to deliver the information to us? So for Temple to go through the information, he would need about 15 minutes to, like, process it. Are you all willing to give me the time to sort through this data and present my findings? Yes. Yes. Okay, I will sit down and I will start sorting through it. And he, he uh, sits crisscross applesauce and starts going through the uh, the package of files. Where's where's he sitting? Is he are, are are you sitting in a defensible position or are you just right in the middle? Probably, I guess we all convened into a, in a group in the middle of this cave. I think he just sat down right where he was standing. Taurus will just keep his sword hilt in his hand and just kind of pace around a little bit, just keeping an eye on the on the way that we came in from the Odin Crystal Cave and the other two entrances that we saw. Yeah, uh, Torash, go ahead and roll Perception for me. <gasps> First roll of the game. Torash rolled a 17. Nice. Um, in this specific cave area, also down the entrances that you can see, you don't really notice anything at all. Yeah, I'll just keep walking around, keeping, you know, just keeping my eyes around, make sure no one tries to sneak up on us. Uh, Val's gonna sit close to the temple to uh, just make sure everything's okay. Yeah, uh, you can see kind of uh, the the his, his sort of like temple's um, sort of ring light eyes kind of change color. You can tell that he's kind of you know gone internal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not uh, not responsive, but you can see it's like writing data, like it's got like flickering, like his hard drives are spinning, <laughs> kind of like the old computers when it would flicker the green light when it's processing. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can just hear the, you can just hear the little just yep the clicking. Let's date yep. ourselves right now. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. kind of like when you put in the uh, <laughs> when you put in the floppy disk and it turns from red yeah. to green. 
the sad part is that there's probably a good amount of people listening to our podcast and who have no idea what a floppy desk is. Yeah, no. <laughs> there's also there's probably a lot of people who are like, "You fucks, I was playing D and D when we when you were a baby." <laughs> so <laughs> you fucks. I'll flop your disc. What? I, I will say based on like engagement metrics alone, the the demographic when listening to us are people our age. Yeah. The highest demographic for us are is twenty five to thirty three, and then the one after yeah. that is thirty three to forty five. Yeah. <laughs> all right, middle age. Oh, hey, all you twenty three to forty fivers. Thanks for uh, tuning in. What's up, millennials? Are you all having an existential crisis too and need to escape into a into a fantasy world? <laughs> and just like that, we left the cave. We are no longer in the cave. Has your soul been crushed by not being able to achieve the American dream? So come disassociate with us. Did, us did you find out the American dream was a lie? <laughs> that the dream is to leave? So let's go to the Adial system. Yeah. Join us, won't you? <laughs> come take it's a magic. ride with me. This episode was brought to you by <laughs> What are Pants 6 and Grayson doing while Torash paces around and Temple loads? Okay, uh, Grayson is just, Grayson walks to the, the, the top of the cave looking at the, the inlay in the ground. It's lit up a little bit now, right? Like it changed? It looks the same as if it's like slightly lighter, like there's like a slight inlay of almost like the metals have awakened, I want to say. Like you feel like it's activated somehow and that it is built into the earth so it cannot be moved. What does the um, rest of the cave look like? Is there a opening above us? Like, is it open air? Um, yeah, there's stalactites that point down in a, a range of blues and that drip water. But there's no opening on the top. So, there, so this is very, very not well lit. There's a slight glow from the pad. And then there's a glow from uh, Pants' little cube boy. And then there's glow from the embers of when you blew Sam up. Okay, gotcha. Strange place for a cannon. Judging by the size, the size overall size of my light sword, would you allow it to kind of give like, like a good amount of light up to about like ten feet, like maybe like dim light or something up to about ten feet or so, just to give us a little extra light? I would, but if you were trying to hear anything, I will give you disadvantage because it makes noise. Oh, okay. Six. What were you doing or saying? She says. Now's a good time for me to center myself as well. And she hops up on the rock formation behind her, um, takes a big deep breath, does some kicky legs, and then pulls out a cigarette. Because <laughs> that's how she likes to end combat. Pants is digging through the remains of the Sam explosion. There's barely anything. He still do. He's still like looking at those pieces of scrap metal. Collect. He's like, yeah, he's collecting scrap metal, yeah. Cool. So, Temple, 15 minutes passes, and you receive a wealth of information. Your eyes kind of start unglowing. We all hear an audible ding. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you got yep. mail. A bell goes off in his skull. And, and, you know, ding, fries are done. It's that, that, that the annoying like beeping that happens in, with your microwave over <laughs> and over. Even when you hit clear, it doesn't Even stop the clear, beeping. It doesn't stop, yeah. Yeah, man, I hate that. Man. Yeah, so Temple Temple steps uh stands up and he says, I have uh three broad categories of information for you to choose from. 
Uh, I have information about the pieces of the canon. I have information about the rough timeline of events, uh, sort of our, the history of our system. And I have uh, some broad information about the Harper Guild. Which would you like to hear? Six, Valen, Grayson, and Torash gather around Temple. He begins to explain what he has uncovered from the AI unit, Sam. Pants scrounges about in a nearby corner, looking for leftover scrap metal, but has a keen ear turned to the group. Temple's eyes start to pulse and glow as he sorts through eons of data. His eyes brighten as he turns towards his friends. He first shares information about the Harper's Guild itself. He shares clips of speeches and treaties and projects holograms of the old organization as it rose and fell and shattered and reformed throughout history. The Harper's ideology is noble. Their members pride themselves on their integrity and incorruptibility. They do not seek power or glory, only fair and equal treatment for all. Temple projects historic moments that the crew recognizes, simple narratives taught from generation to generation, he overlays the new Harper's Guild data to show their involvement throughout history. Images that were altered, footage that was cut short, reports that were redacted. Temple paints a picture of the Council's determination to whitewash the true history of the Adyle system and the Harper's involvement in it. A projection appears of a dark, yet sparkling volume superimposed over the starlit darkness of space, the wormhole. Data and mathematical models orbit the wormhole as the timestamp of the projection dates it at 1000 LO. Temple begins to explain the wormhole's predictable arrival in their system is a natural phenomenon occurring long before the people of the Adyle system took to space travel. It appears in the Adyle system every 2000 years, remains open for one year, then closes. While the wormhole's opening is now predictable, having done so periodically throughout recorded history, where it opens is seemingly random. Temple projects more imagery of the Council-approved uh, history. A team of the best pilots, spellcasters, scientists, and soldiers were sent to explore the wormhole and what appeared on the other side. The projections changed to reveal the truth. The footage of intrepid explorers braving a new frontier quickly shift to reveal a massacre. Humanoid figures screaming as they run from Council-emblazoned forces. Layered over this disturbing footage, Temple reveals that three genocides were committed throughout this newly discovered region of space, known as the Mercer System. Technology and natural resources were stripped from the planets the Council attacked, and were returned to the Adyle System before the wormhole closed, sweeping the sins of the past neatly away. The Council intended to hide this information, until one of the eight Council members resisted, forming the Harper's Guild. Her mission was to undermine the Council while maintaining her seat and bring equality and fairness to the galaxy from within and without. Over the next 1,000 years, the Harper's Guild grew from one planet to the next, gathering information, resources, and positions of influence in secret. In the year 2500, the Harpers completed their biggest achievement, the establishment of the Dragon Riders of Moss. While they appear to serve the Council, the Dragon Riders are indeed a secret yet powerful arm of the Harper's Guild. Temple tilts his head as images of a familiar gnome appear. They start to see her tragic recording again, this time with more data. In the year 3000 LO, the year Tarrant 19 went black, right before the wormhole was about to appear, images of what Tarrant 19 used to look like begin to appear. Beautiful cities, universities, and preserved natural habitats flash on the cave, on the cave walls from Temple's projections. 
The party members look away in anguish and exchange unsure glances. Six's eyes narrow as she quickly thinks and tries to piece together what she's learned. Torash's scaled knuckles turn almost white with how fiercely he holds his saber hilt, eyes burning with rage at such atrocities that were committed. Grayson looks to the crater where the AI unit Sam once sat, to his own Dragon Riders of Moss medallion pinned proudly on his armor. Valen catches Grayson's eyes on the badge and his own narrow, wings pulling in tighter around him as his hand graces his holster. The images disappear, and a final, most important one comes up, a mechanical layout of what can only be the cannon. The advanced magical piece of technology created hundreds of years ago by the Harper's Guild, eight pieces, one purpose, to stop the wormhole from opening and stop the council's misdeeds. Of the eight pieces, Temple lingers on the power source, which was stolen by a tabaxi assassin, and was the cause of Tarrant-19's blackout. The tracker, the inner component that can locate the other pieces and help the cannon rebuild itself, according to Temple's information, is currently on the coast, not far from them. And lastly, a key. Without the key, the cannon cannot be used at all. Yeah, the council are fucking dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I feel like those pieces would probably be safer in our hands than anyone else's. Because who knows, maybe this might be something that can be directed toward one of our planets, and, you know, boom goes dynamite, and we lose an entire system. The, the other thing we need to consider, too, is how much has changed here in the past 2,000 years. Are we going to really go off? on an adventure sent by someone 2,000 years ago based off of fractured information. I mean, we're, that's what we're doing here. We came to look for a beacon. That's all. We came to look for a beacon, but they never told us what the beacon was. The signature from the pad is the signature you've been looking for. So that is, that is your, your quote-unquote beacon. Right on. Yeah. So you, you can check that off your quest list. You found the beacon. Oh. Cool. Well, at the same time, like, I get that they're saying that this energy source popped up, but who's to say that the council hasn't been looking for this energy source this whole time? Who, we, in all honesty, who even knows if the reason why we were sent here was to secure it for the higher ups who sent us so they could use it for their own purposes? Who even knows if they'll even actually use it for the wormhole, if that's the actual reason that they're using it? If the if history is any indication of the future, we can this is one assumption we could take. The council will want the wormhole to open. They will want to travel through it. And if again the past is any indication of the future, they will use that opportunity to continue to pillage. Now, the cannon is the only thing that we know of that can stop them from doing this. If they that, that we know of, this is what we have. So if we assume that they've changed their ways, then yes, we go back back home with this information and I suppose hope that th we will not be uh, instruments of future genocides. Well, let me ask you this, Temple. 
the information you now have stored in you from the, the now destroyed AI over there is the data data that was input by the Harper's Guild? Is there hard recordings? Is there hard evidence of any of this actually happening? The only evidence we have is a very short snapshot of the end of one woman's life. The information that I have uh, is a lot of data and logs and all sorts of disparate information. Uh, the I've I've collected it into a sort of summary, but uh, the picture that it paints is that the Harper's Guild is the Harper's Guild is a, a friendly organization. So their records state it's this clandestine organization that we're just all learning about right now. Not that I'm saying let's trust the council and the government implicitly, but to completely base the next trajectory of our lives off of information from a society that didn't exist for us until five minutes ago is foolish. I understand it's very little to go off of, but the picture that is painted for me is that these were an equitable people who did their best to share power to help others and ensure that uh, large-scale acts of violence would be mitigated, which, you know me, <laughs> that that's my whole thing. Hey, Temple, I got a question for you. Um, when you said that the tracker is in, uh, somewhere off the coast, is that was that information given to you in the file, or is it now emitting some kind of energy source that you can track on the map? First one. That it that it the the file says that it is. Uh, I would say Sam said it was. Oh, so that's okay. That'd be more. So it, that, be more from Sam, so, but yes. So there's the thousands-year-old record of where the thing was, and then there's what Sam said just a bit ago, saying, oh, yeah, it's totally just over there. Which So he said that, that it's it's for sure. Okay. Because he's the only thing that survived through... He survived through the explosion, right? So he would know where some of the pieces went and their journey. So now that Temple is pseudo-Sam, wouldn't he have... Would he have that information now? Yep. The, the tracker is on Tarrant 19 currently. And it is on the southeastern coast. This is not old data. This is what we know from uh, our dearly departed. I just want to caution us, if this is really what we're going to do, that we are going to be finding and assembling a cannon that had the power to wipe out the entire population of a planet. That's dangerous. In our hands, in the Council's hands, in anybody's hands. Also, if we start going after these pieces to assemble, it, to assemble this thing, people are going to notice. The council is going to notice. Our lives are going to get a lot more dangerous if we pursue this. And I just want to be sure that we have all the information we can possibly have about who these Harpers are and what actually happened before we put our lives in unnecessary risk. Grayson, the only way to make sense out of change is to plunge into it, move with it, to join the dance. Are we dancing now? <laughs> Let's all dance! <laughs> Damn it, pants. Pants starts wiggling. That's a good dance, pants. Thanks, Sample. It's a good pants dance. <laughs> pants I like, dance. I like pants' pants dance. Pants, 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 pants. Pants, 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 pants. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
I like this group of friends. The fact that we all danced with pants for a moment makes me very happy. Yes, that happened in character. <laughs> we all danced with pants. It's canon. Nice. It's canon. Yep. Da- yep. Pants and we just had a dance on the pants. Pants dance. starts <laughs> random. Pants dances. <laughs> the pants dance. Also, I just have to say, I just, I just love Grayson's character. Oh, thank he's you. He's just, he's just the logic that I want to say as a DM, but I'm like, let them fucking play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I, I'm just like, at a, at a character, I'm just like, we just learned about the existence of essentially the Illuminati. Learned that the Illuminati <laughs> are good guys. Learned that the Illuminati despite being good guys, killed an entire planet and learned that, like, you know, the fucking, the government is not the Illuminati, but they also suck. And it's just like, by the way, all that information we learned from a five-minute video of a woman before she died who lived 2,000 years ago. So it's just like... What do you do? <laughs> Real kick in the head, isn't it? Right, yeah, but it's, but it's, it's very much just like... Why are we taking this at face value? <laughs> it's fair. I will. I will say. I will say really quick because I, I feel like that is an issue that's just going to come up in general. The information that Temple has, you can play this however you want, Dylan. He knows it to be true. Whether you want to say you see physical videos in your head of people being slaughtered apart, whether you see documents being signed in secret, whatever you want to create. But all I know is that what the temple information gets, he knows it to be true. That's that's totally. all I'm saying. What is truth, Justine? Totally. What's, what is Grayson doesn't know it to be true. What is the truth? What <laughs> is reality? You know it what to is be love? True. Baby, don't and this is why they don't was hug digging me. around in the scrap metal phone of hey, this, is why I'm, this is why I'm <laughs> dicking around and I'm a comic relief character. <laughs> in, in, in Grayson's mind, it's very much a, you know, Victor's right history. Well, we're 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 aware of the history, the current history, right? Of what 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 the government's been telling us of how the of how the dial system was established and how how t- um all all that stuff was what was was done, right? Because we've all lived it, we were living through it, so we're learning through that guy that gaze. Correct, and I will say this: you guys, none of you even knew about the wormhole's existence. Yeah. So that's kept up only in the super high levels. And even the highest of levels think it's under the guise of exploration. Yeah. The mm-hmm. only reason you guys have this information is because West literally was on the council. And she right. defected mm. to create the Harper's Guild. Mm. Yeah, so now we're getting an alternate version of history, basically. Yeah. Hey, God. Uh, how, just a side note, how did, what would have happened if Pants hadn't found that microchip? On the ship. A fucking lot of different things than what did happen. <laughs> bet you, I bet you a hundred bucks. I bet you a hundred bucks you guys would have thought Sam was the beacon and brought him to the temple or to the place. And then you would have had we a have whole him. Di- And then you would have gotten all that information with Commander Gallowood standing next to you, which would have been real fun. <laughs> Ooh, boss fight. Uh, boss yeah, battle. Glad- <laughs> that didn't happen. So is the council tracking us and the little bracelet that we have right now too so do they know our whereabouts phenomenal question no because the space leviathan creates a disturbance in the atmosphere which is why you guys can't get information up 
and they can't get information down, which is why the two, remember they sent two prior ships before you guys. Yeah. And they're like, we can't get any info mm-hmm. off them. We can't find them. It's that. So it's, it. yeah. Space, Levi- space I Leviathan. A, I didn't know it was a Space Leviathan specifically that was causing that. I thought it was just something on the planet. Oh, well, sorry. I I have a very hard time as a DM not being like, I wrote this story. Let me tell you. And then in my head, I'm like, they need to figure that out. So sorry. I'll be better about that. Let's say that Jagalda figured that out and told you it sure. is the sp- it is the okay. space leviathan that's causing the issues. So we have to kill a space leviathan now. Nice, can't wait. Temple, I'll say this: <laughs> my mission is to keep everybody here alive and off and get them off world. That is my job here. Everything else we can figure out later, but for now, let's get the fuck off this planet. We need more Odin crystals first. We still have five that we need to find. So in order for us to do that, that's going to be our next priority. Once we get off this planet, what are we going to do next? Because I don't really trust anybody. And right now I feel a little bit like a a used bloodhound just to sniff something out so that people could use it for their own, so that the council could use it for their own gain. I agree with six. I, I I see two options in my head. Um, we retrieve the tracker. We essentially go AWOL and collect these pieces. Um, as far as we know, we need this base to assemble the entire cannon. So it's not terrible for us to have all the pieces. Um... Just because, I mean, it's either it's either us or them. And at this point... I I trust us over anybody else right now. The threat of the cannon is purely in its absence of the power source. Because the cannon did not have the power source, it killed this planet. I propose that we go find the tracker and learn where the power source is. Fair enough. Because that... Because that is what renders the cannon either as a wormhole killer, which is, in my opinion, lovely, or a planet killer. I like that idea. If we decide to go AWOL, if we decide to go AWOL, I might have a place for us to lay low. We're going back to Tarawans? No. Going to Moss. (laughs) (laughs) We're going back to (laughs) Tarawans? The muffins did look good. We're going to go to my home world. Apparently, the Dragon Riders were founded by the Harpers, so the Dragon Riders ostensibly will protect us. You mean we get to have a sleepover at Grayson's house? What? (laughs) To have a party. Pants dance. I've been missing Tarawin's muffins, though. Maybe we can stop by there before. Muffin party. Who has that that, that, that communication device? Uh, I do. Uh, um, should we check in on Tarawin, make sure she's okay? Like, I was, uh, you were reading my mind. I was just about to do that. So, Taurus, Taurus will pull the, the little sending stone out and we'll be like, see if she still wants to come with us. Taurus is just going to look at it and, uh, just be very confused on how it works. Because I, don't think I've ever used used anything like this. I'm just gonna kind of look into it and just be like, "Uh, Tarwin, you there?" Pants. 
Are you paying attention to what's happening? Yes, I am. Kind of. <laughs> yes, he is. Kind of. Okay. You would, you would recognize these types of stones. They're made of a mixture of metal machinery parts and an actual like magical stone because the dwarves oh. use them to communicate mm-hmm. underground from where you're from. Um, and you will know that there is a, a button on the side that you need to, like, kind of like a walkie-talkie that you have to hold. So he can't, he's just like, Torash is just like trying to talk into it without the button, right? Has this little, little ball yeah. and just my massive ass hand is just like. <laughs> <laughs> and what is it called again? I called it a robo-stone. Robo-stone. A robo-stone? Yeah. Um, Torash, Torash, my man. Yes. Torash. What's up? Try, um, just pushing the button on the side there. What button? Oh, that There you button. go. There okay, you go. thanks. <laughs> I'll press and hold the button. Uh, Terwin, are you there? Nothing for a couple seconds, and then you hear, Hello? Uh, Terwin, it's me, Torash. Are you alright? Oh, I forgot I gave you this. Uh, I am. How are you? Oh, we're... We're doing okay. Is this on, like, speakerphone? Yeah. Okay, cool, so I'll make sure. <laughs> um... We're doing okay. Uh, we found some nasty-ass goblins in here that tried to kill us. Uh, we learned a lot from this robot thing. Uh, and we found the reason that we were come to this planet. Oh, that's, that's good. I, um, I don't really know what all that means, but I'm sorry that you ran into robots. I, um, I wanted to know, are you coming by soon? Uh, is that a worrisome thing? She doesn't sound too worried. I think she's more inquisitive. Oh. Uh, yeah. I would say we can make a stop by real quick to see see how you're doing and check in on everyone and before we continue on with our mission. Okay. I will, I will look forward to seeing you too. Thank you, Torash. Is there a way that I can just kind of tell, like, kind of like just through her voice, see if she's like pretty much at like gunpoint with a pirate? Kind of like insight check to... Yeah. So go ahead and roll insight for me. That's what Six wanted to do. It's a trap! Uh, you can assist him, Six. I think Six's ear, cat ears perk up and go ahead and roll insight. Sounds like a fucking trap. Uh, with advantage, Torah rolled a 19. She sounds pretty at ease. She sounds like her normal kind of flustered, tarawin-y type self, but she sounds fine. In the, in the background, you'll hear Valon just be like yelling... Uh, a- ask her if she's if she's coming along. Ask her if she's got any muffins. Oh yeah. yeah ask I, her to I, make I, those I muffins we... before we get there. Yeah. So she can she can hear all of this. Justine, do do the sending stones uh, in your campaign? Do they have the same limits that sending stones normally have? No, these are robo stones. They're a bit different. Okay, so it's not like a one 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 use a day, and you can only send twenty five words at a time. No, I homebrewed these. If you want to roll investigation on the Robo Stones, I can give you information if you... No, it's okay. I was just wondering from a mechanical standpoint if it was... Yeah, there are mechanics to these. Um, I I don't think Teruin was smart enough to tell you, so I'm not going to tell you, but there are limitations to them that you'll figure out. That's fine. I just wanted to know if it was like... Because the Sending Stone rules as written is just like the sending spell. You yeah. just get one time are, 25 words. These are like... Imagine just a walkie-talkie with a bit of magic in them. So she goes, oh, I was making muffins. Oh, my muffins are burning. I gotta go. And it just beeps. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> All right, I'll put, the, I'll put the stone just back in my pocket. 
Do you click the button and turn it off? Yes. Okay, cool. So there's more to this cave and the possibility for more Odin crystals. Do we want to explore any further or should we leave? Um, well, we need the crystals to get out of here, so I feel like we should be. So six, you guys have six and you need four. We didn't win one from that guy. No, we he were supposed to, us. but that, we won but a curse. he was a dick. We won a curse. He was trying to Grayson, tempt you. Grayson won the curse. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Grayson won. <laughs> Damnation. Not a fucking crystal. No, not a crystal. Crystal was bullshit. So at this point, with Grayson's passive perception, he hears what could could be movement. You can't tell if it's like natural or not, but you do hear movement coming from one of the tunnels you have not explored. I'll say, wait, everybody, quiet. I think I hear something down to the south, and I draw my rifle and... Let's go. Walk down towards the opening of this cave, um, just with my rifle raised, looking for anything. You walk, and your rifle's raised, and you notice that there is two squirrels that are running in towards you. Okay. Which is yeah. not, it does not like seem like this is a normal place that they would be. Two three-eyed squirrels run towards you. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm following him down there as well. Okay. Do they seem aggressive? They seem fearful. Okay, do they just, like, run past them? Yep. Well, that's not a good sign. No, no, it's not. I'm going to take a couple steps back. This is water right here, right? Yeah, so behind you there's a big pool of water. I'm going to get, like, knee-deep in the pool and kind of, like, kneel with my rifle trained at the entrance to the cave, just trying to, like, give myself a little bit of cover. Okay. I want to head to the opposite end by the rocks. <clears throat> but while I'm doing that, I want to, like, signal to everybody to, like, take cover. Or get to high ground or something. Who's paying attention? Yeah, I'll I'll pay attention. I'll uh Tarash will move a little bit closer to the center of the room right where the big pack of stalagmites is, like roughly in the center of the room and I'll just again so I think I saw I'll still have my sword hilt out but not actually activated, just kinda of be leaning up against it looking at the looking at that southern entrance. I have my magic hand up. I'm ready to go. Magic hand. I think um Pants will like scramble up onto Temple's back. Ready to run away. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, and Temple will move both of them uh, closer to the entrance of the cave to the west, sort of between, like, sightline-wise between Grayson and the entrance where the squirrels came from. Six, are you still on your perch smoking? Um... Yeah, because I'm assuming that's probably high higher than this rock formation over here, right? Yes, I'd consider that high ground. So you'd be about 10 feet up. Okay. Alright, she just stays there. So you all stay. The squirrels come and go. Five minutes pass. Five more minutes pass. Nothing seems to be coming. Oh. Well, do we investigate or do we leave? I think we should just get the fuck out of here so we can continue on with our mission and get off this godforsaken rock. Do we know if this is the only spot for Odin crystals? She said that you can find Odin crystals in the cave systems and also in the underground 
systems that led from her house to the caves. Well, I mean, it's up to y'all. Should we return to Terrawinds via the hidden passage? Well, the issue is we don't know where the hidden passage is. And so, oh, it's hidden. So mm. we so so we would have to backtrack all the way back to where Terrawin is, jump down into her path there, and then continue and then go that way. I think we should go check out and see if there's any more cave crystals, crystal caves. Yeah, we can go. Crystal caves. Seems like seems like there's no danger. Let's go check it out. Okay. So you to clarify, are you going to one of the areas you one of the tunnels you've not gone through, or are you going to the tunnel you already went through with the Odin crystals? The the one we didn't go through. We could go back to the previous area with the other Odin crystals and go the other way that we didn't go because there may be more crystals in that direction. Seeing the fact that it could be an outcropping of some sort. That's a big word for me. How did that come up? <laughs> um, yeah, we can do that. Um, I mean, at this point, it's kind of steering away from what would be apparent danger. What do you think, Grayson? That sounds fine to me. Either way, I think we don't really know what else is in here, so just have to keep your wits about you. Yeah. Agreed. You walk towards the area, and then there is a... There's the way you came to the plains, and then there's another area that you or another tunnel you have not gone through yet. Have any more crystals matured while we were there in the, like the twenty minutes we were there? No. <laughs> <laughs> Roll nature. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> yeah, I'd say we'll just continue. We'll just go down into the opening that we that we didn't go down. Okay, it's um a smaller corridor. Who would venture first? I'm maybe not fit, so one of you guys should go ahead and see if I can go. I'll, I'll, I'll take point. So, Valen, you start walking through the caves as they twist along, and you go for about 15-ish minutes, and then you start to smell smoke. You don't see smoke, but you smell it. Once you Do you keep going? Yeah, I, I, like, I'll look back and um, just kind of keep going forward with a little bit more caution. You eventually get to a mouth opening that leads back to the hills. When Grayson first saw the cave opening, he had showed you all that there were three openings. You get the sense that this was the one, you went through the middle one originally. You get the sense that this was the one to the right. So you see a wide cave opening. Go ahead and roll Perception and stealth. Okay. Perception. That is a 16 for perception. And then... Moment of truth right here. <sighs> That's 13 for stealth. Awesome. So you stop abruptly because you see movement on the outside of the cave. And that smell... And you hear a bonfire... And there are tons of goblins walking around, and you hear two of them going, I swear we sent the scouts in there. They should have been back by now. And then you hear one of the leaders of the goblins kind of say, I heard some kind of explosion. They could be fucking up in there. We need to send someone in. 
and they're they're just kind of all walking around. One of the leaders is riding a wolf. Um, and as you look around, you see a total of about six goblins, two goblin leaders, and a wolf around a big bonfire. And they're talking about how they had sent four scouts in, they haven't come out yet, and that they heard an explosion. Um, okay. I will signal, like, to everybody else, and then have them double back a little bit, so at least we're out of earshot of the goblins outside. Yeah, it's uh this this hallway's a little a little tight in here. Uh it's kinda hard for me to just turn around. <laughs> Does he say that? <laughs> no, just like just like if Oh, I think he did. Uh oh, uh oh. Yeah, just like very quietly. I'll just roll I'll just roll <laughs> No, I, no, I'm rolling something. <laughs> oh you... I just wanna say it that loudly. I just I, I, it's already it's already been <laughs> done. It. It's already been done. He's trying like, to add flavor. <laughs> No, you're good. You guys uh, turn around and they don't seem to notice you. Okay. Um, and then I relay the information. I'm like, um, well, uh, there's six or seven goblins that direction. Uh, they're looking for the four we just killed. Let, let's head south and see if there's another entrance. Well, the only problem we have right now is that there's we came in one direction and this is one of three entrances that we walked in. So... No matter how we get out of this cave, potentially, we're going to be coming across these goblins. If they follow us in, we're going to fight. You do. You have realized that, yes, the goblins are in front of all three of these entrances. Maybe there's a back door. Like, uh, a way back out the other way. And we can take, we can, we can take one of these uh, two side, side entrances, or these uh, other two paths, and find that out. Um... Could we call Tarawin and see if we could find out where the se- where her secret passage is? That's a great idea. Yeah, so I'll, I'll pull I'll pull the uh, the Robo stones out again and press it to turn it on. Uh, beep beep boop 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 beep beep boop boop. Tarawin, you there? Can you hear me? There's a couple moments of silence, and then you hear, "Hi, Torash. I remembered this time." <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know by chance? where your uh, little passage that goes underneath your house, do you happen to know where that ends up in these caves? No. I never made it quite far. Uh, I was too scared of the eyelash bats. But I do know that, um, I know that it went towards the west. So from you, if you're in the caves, it might be towards the east. But I don't know how cave systems work. It could be all jumbly mixed up. Well, we just went to the east, and we just found our way back out to one of the entrances, so uh, I don't know. We'll have to keep looking, then. I'm sorry. I do know that the, the at least on my end, there was tons of mushrooms. So maybe if you see some mushrooms, you'll know you're in the right cave system? But like I said, those are, it's pretty far. It's a couple of miles underground. I don't even know if it leads that far. All right, well... Thank you anyway, Tara. We'll be back shortly. Torash hangs up the phone, looks around at the team, all of them with a slight frustration in their eyes of not knowing what to do next. And then they realize that there's one cave path they have not gone down. They make the decision to go that direction, and they start to walk. It goes deeper and deeper, but they realize it is undisturbed. They start to see... Small mushrooms growing, 
as the cave winds and heads towards the east. And they also see natural smaller crystals forming out of the walls as well. We got mushrooms. Can Pants go investigate a group of crystals somewhere? See what kind they are? Yeah. Go ahead and roll nature for me. I'm gonna, while that's happening, I'm going to turn to Torash. I'm like, hey, to- I'm going to Torash, uh, Temple, and be like, uh, Temple, uh, do you think we should grab her more mushrooms? Yeah, she was, uh, she did need some, didn't she? Uh, I'll get to work. And uh, Temple goes and, and starts gathering some mushrooms. I'll start gathering some, too, as we're walking. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me, Valen. The mushrooms you're currently picking are brown. P- Pants, what did you roll for nature? 16. Um, yeah, these are, like, very natural forming. They're not as magical as Odin crystals. You see some quartz, Ooh. other types of crystals, because I don't know names of crystals. But there's other kinds. Just all kinds of nice crystal. Tiger's eye. Just stuff, stuff in there. <laughs> um, actually, yeah, that would be considered an Wait, this is really <laughs> important <laughs> for me. <laughs> are they worth money? Like, could you say that they are worth 100 gold pieces by chance? No. Okay. Sorry about that. So you walk along the path. You enter a smaller cave opening. And then as you proceed further down, you eventually hit, um, like, almost like a room. And inside the room, you now see mushrooms of almost every color. This room has tons of mushrooms in it. And to the point where you will walk on them if you walk through. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a mush, so it's a mushroom, if you per se. Then, <laughs> oh my mushroom god! Room. <laughs> I think Temple kind of stops everybody, puts his hands out, like these brown mushrooms seem safe, but we don't know about the rest. I am unaffected by poisons and toxins. Should I continue ahead and investigate these mushrooms? Yeah. If anything, if you can determine their nature and if they're poisonous or anything along those lines, I will just breathe some fire on it so we can just clear and clear the area so we don't have to worry about it. Uh, we we can do that if we need to. I wouldn't want to disturb a habitat. Temple uh, steps out into the mushrooms and I think is going to, uh, I guess, try to investigate. He's not very good at nature stuff, but... Um, temple you step into the mushrooms and realize there's a natural light that seems to be shining um there are some yellow mushrooms off the walls that glow they seem just like they're little glowy mushroom boys they're nothing like crazy um and then there's glow worms along the ceiling so you would be able to see since you don't have dark vision in here and go ahead and roll nature before me ah nope not very good temple rolled an eight um, you do notice that um a couple different of the colors have spores on them, mm. like loose spores. But besides that, they don't seem like a, any kind of aggressive species that you're aware of or poisonous species you're aware of. They are giving off spores, but I can't identify them. I suppose I could kick a path through these and allow you to to pass through without kicking up too many more. But yeah, I'm I, I'd I'd be careful with anything with the spores. They might go airborne and. Don't want to breathe it in. So we fix it with fire, right? <laughs> Not my favorite choice, but I can't stop you, Torash. So I think, uh, yeah, Temple rejoins the group and I think gets out of Torash's way. <laughs> <clears throat> Watch and learn, ladies. 
And I take a big deep breath and just breath weapon fire all of the mushrooms just to kind of clear path. Okay. You do that. Some of these mushrooms have ignite properties to them. So they react to fire like small bombs. <laughs> oh. Sick. Uh, would, uh, <laughs> Uh, would you would you say that would be like maybe like one of the saving throws? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So do yeah, dex dex saving throw. All of us are just Torash. Just Torash. Uh, Torash rolled a ten. Okay, you avoid you avoid any of the small pops as your fire hits. Um, because of just the way the fire hit with oxygen that flowed out, some spores went into the air, but not a lot. You got almost all of them, and there's now a direct, slightly warm, but a direct path. Through these these fire boys. <coughs> That's spicy. You continue on. You hear the scrunching of burnt mushrooms. It probably smells really fucking weird in there. As you move forward, do you Temple? Do you try to pick any of these for her? Did uh, do we remember if she said any specific ones she was looking for? I can't remember. I didn't. I think she just said all kinds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Running out of room over there. Uh, are are there any that are still intact? Uh, yeah. You there's some blue ones and some green ones. Okay, I think Temple will. Is anybody here proficient with botany or working with plants of any kind? Because I couldn't identify these, and I don't think I can handle them safely for Tarawin. You think someone of my stature would be good with plants? <laughs> I wouldn't assume. One way or the other. I can hardly read, let alone talk about plants. So I, I think I'm good. All right. Pants goes, um, I could give it a try. I mean, I'm pretty good with explosive things and magical food and stuff like that. Pants roll nature with advantage. Uh, 22. Holy shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, pants, you recognize these because you yourself grew up in caves with mushrooms in them. And you notice that some of the blue ones that the spores have come off are hallucinogenic. Uh, you notice that some of the green ones are poisonous. Uh, the red ones can ignite fire. All the other colors are pretty harmless. And then the yellow ones are like just glowing. They just glow for, for light purposes. These have some utility. Uh, can I pick up like one of each? Yeah, sure. I would say um, two pants. These look like they have been planted. They are not grown naturally. Hmm. They just destroyed someone's crop. Oops. <laughs> so Pants goes over and he squats down next to whatever remaining mushrooms were left. And it's like, well, out of the ones that Torash didn't ignite and explode, I think we should just, I'm going to pick up one of each of these and keep them. Especially these blue ones. <laughs> okay. So he's pounds down and he's looking at all the mushrooms and he's like, well, this one is light. This one is poisonous, so nobody touch these green ones. And these blue ones, unless you want to have a really good time, try not to get too close to them and pick them, please. <laughs> I love having a good time. <laughs> well, go right ahead, Six. I won't stop you. So Pants puts on some gloves, little leather gloves that he's got in his pocket. And he takes out some, like, little tongies that he's got for specimen collections. And he takes a little jar and he takes carefully, <laughs> um, breaks off 
one of the mushrooms from its stalk, the blue mushroom, and puts it in a jar really quickly and covers the top of it. Okay. Roll side of hand with advantage because you did use the proper preparations. I like how you're probably all just watching as Francis is like, this is super fucking dangerous. Let me take it. This is for professionals only. I have very good sleight of hand, by the way. And plus five. I know you do. Very good. So a 17. Is that enough? You successfully jar that little bitch. And I do the kind of the same thing with one of the one of the green poison ones. Okay. That one. That one you'd have to ingest, so it's not as big of a deal if you accidentally touched you. Um, but the blue one, if the spores had come off, you would have had a real nice time. Yeah. Um, and then I'll take a just take a yellow one and put that. So they're all in little jars now in my pockets. Cute. I want to hallucinate. There's still time to hallucinate. Can, can, I want to save some for later. Can six save some for later? Which one do you want? To take. Oh, the blue ones. Fuck the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> so s- go ahead and describe your moment, Six. She just wants to snag a couple. She snips them with her little um, claw and wants to put them in, her little, in a little leather pouch to save for later. She doesn't want to get all, all, you know, high right now, but maybe later. Maybe when we're all around the campfire telling camp- campfire stories. Go ahead and roll sleight of hand for me. Six rolls of 21. Oh, shit. Nice. None of y'all are getting high today. So she perfectly, agilely just slip with her nail and put some in a leather. You put put three in a leather pouch. Should I add add them to my inventory? (laughs) Yeah, three three blue mushrooms. Drugs. Yay. (laughs) Space drugs. I have a question about the green mushrooms. They said they had to be ingested to be poisonous. Correct. Can they be mashed down into a paste and applied to melee weapons and cause poison damage? Ooh. Maybe. Cool. Can they be mashed down to a paste and forcibly shoved into somebody's mouth to cause poison damage? <laughs> Just throw them at <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm. I have a lot of ideas for these green mushrooms. So can I get like five? You can have five. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. I can pick them up, right? They're not gonna. Yeah, you'll be fine. Don't lick your fingers. Unless, unless your character's allergic. No, oh. uh, he's not allergic to mushrooms. Roll for allergies. Yeah, roll for allergies. <laughs> roll, roll, a, roll a d, roll a d six, roll a d six, and you have like nut, shellfish, <laughs> dairy. <laughs> gluten gluten kiwi <laughs> yeah so valen you can you can take there's probably about five cool i will take five green mushrooms for myself not for terror i like how there's no sense of urgency that you know goblins are in the thing next to you you're all just like let's pick some mushrooms hey, hey, things. Hey, we're gonna get hot tonight <laughs> this is good this is good space rooms yeah Temple grabbed a bunch for uh, Tarawin, too. I think one of each, and then maybe five of the brown ones. Cool. So you guys do some mushroom picking. Some lovely little, some lovely little cottage, cottage core on our podcast today. And then you <laughs> march, uh, you go forward, um, and you notice a split in the tunnel. You can go left or right. Left. Does Grayson just walk ahead, like, to the left? 
No, if that was Anthony just saying we should go left. Oh, cool. So who's in the front now? Torash. Oh, yeah, I'll still lead. Torash, you walk and you hear <sighs> in front of you. I pull my long so I pull my great sword out and I ignite it. <laughs> kind of like uh two-handedly kind of like Kylo Ren style just have it just kind of pointed forward. As you light it up, you see the reflection of a pair of eyes looking at you. There is a hellhound. A what now? <laughs> uh, excuse me. <laughs> It's a, it looks, it looks like a creepy dog with fire flame in its maw, and it, it, it's growling at you. Quick, somebody throw one of those hallucinogenic mushrooms at it and run! <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Quick, make Wrap the green ones in meat. <laughs> Anybody got any meat? <laughs> Distract it. Um, I don't have any meat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any meat. Seeing, like. seeing this thing, Grayson raises his rifle and shoots it. <laughs> oh no. Aw. Okay. What if that was what if that was Valen's pet? I shoot it twice. <laughs> what if that was his <laughs> beloved BFF? <laughs> I shoot it twice. Oh no. Um, yeah, so okay. Grayson picks up pew, pew. Go ahead and roll. An attack for me twice. Hell yeah. 14 for the first one. 19 for the second one. Okay, the first one does not hit. It dodges out of the way. And then as you hit it again, it hits it like perfectly. One of its ears comes off. Great. And almost like a lava-y blood starts to drip down its face as it burns. Do you damage for me on that 19? Yeah. 11 piercing damage. Yeah, so you hit it and it... But it's still kind of like growling, and there's just like I said, there's like a the blood's pouring down from the ear. But it, like I said, it almost looks like fiery lava. Like there's sparks coming off of it, this hellhound, and it's still just growling and pacing in front while it's injured. Oh. It's not trying to attack you though. I'm gonna shoot it again. Stop, Grayson! Stop shooting the hellhound. <laughs> yes, stop. I'm just gonna shoot it until it dies. I shoot it again. No! It, it's whining, it, it's whining, right? So at that point, I want to... Oh, it's still growling at us, though. Justine just said it's still... It's whining and growling. Yeah, I shoot it. I want to move... I want to I wanna move the, um, to kind of push Grayson. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let... He said it first, I'm gonna let him get one more shot in. So go ahead and roll. Does a 15 hit? That hits, again. Ooh. Uh, this time it's tail, it's tail gets hit. Eight points of piercing Oh, no. So Grayson does the third shot, and then Valen, you said you instantly wanted to have a reaction where you interacted with Grayson. Yeah, I want to, I wanna, after the third shot, I want to kind of force his rifle upward, away from the dog. What are you doing? Um, this, this thing is not posing any threat. It's, it's just there. Like, we don't know what's going on. Like, it could be protecting something. It's growling at us. Yeah, we could be on its territory. Like, we are rummaging through these caves, and I mean, it's... It's pretty apparent that he hasn't attacked us yet. A- and you've already shot it three times, and it still hasn't advanced at all. I have to side with Valen on this, Grayson. While this conversation's happening, Pants, what were you doing or saying? I-, I wanted to roll a perception to see, like, if it was standing in front of something important or, like, guarding something or just why it's there in the first place, if we can 
Roll perception with disadvantage, and then we'll have them continue their combo. 11. The body appearance seems like it may be guarding something. You can't see anything. Yeah, so Valen just basically said, you don't know. Grayson, what were you going to reply with? You don't know either. We're trying to go this way, and if this thing does attack us, if we get closer, then we're going to need to kill it anyways. We're being chased through these caves by goblins when you get out of this cave system. I'm choosing the path of least resistance right now. I've got an idea. Um, I, I'm going to reply. I'm just like, just, just let me try something. Well, Six also said I've got an idea, so do you ignore her? Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah I, I basically do. I'm like, because I'm still talking directly to Grayson. Sorry. And I'm going to cast Mage Hand. And do what with it? Um, it's going to float, be, it's going to appear right in front of the dog. And it's just going to do that thing where you, where, where the hand to smell. <laughs> Snip it. And to see if it, if it, um, reacts to it at all, you know? Like, if it starts getting aggressive. It would put its tail between its legs, but it just got blown off. And, um, it immediately <laughs> tries to bite the hand. And I'm gonna go, <laughs> like, this is gonna, it's gonna react, like, <laughs> just to see if it can, if it does anything. So it puts its finger out like a no-no? Yeah. And it acts like a wild animal and tries to bite it again. Six, what was your idea? So Six takes a chunk of her ration block and, like, chucks it right in front of him. It looks at it. I think it's it's overly stimulated still from the hand that was in front of it, so it doesn't really react. And being shot three times. Yeah. The hand picks up the, the food and holds it in its palm. Yeah. It ba- starts backing away while growling more. The deep, the growling deepens. I'm going to shoot it a fourth time. Uh, no, stop it. <laughs> Fuck. Grayson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shooting it. <laughs> Listen, wait. Wait a 26 second. 26 to hit. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Did you roll perception, you asshole? No, that's, that's my that's my name. Jesus. No, what what was Six's idea? Yeah. Listen, Six, I'm gonna take the some more of the food that I have over, and I I wanna I just wanna get down in front of it, and and I wanna talk to it, and I wanna hold out the food right in front of it, and I wanna tell it it's okay, boy, it's okay. But I still have my dagger very ready in case it does attack me. I will get it right in its heart. Do I need to roll something? Can I roll like animal handling or something? Okay, let's take a. We're gonna we're gonna take a real quick pause <laughs> to play out all of those amazing moments. I love all of you. We have a magical hand that a dog tries to bite, and then we have six who's like, "What the fuck?" and throws out some food. Grayson then said, "I shoot it again." He was joking. I wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> oh, fucking god damn it. But Valen had already stated that he had taken his hand and pushed the rifle up. So I would like you to reshoot with disadvantage. Okay. I don't believe Valen was, had taken his hand off. 18. Or would it be, uh, I was going to say, would it be a I have a plus seven to hit. I, it's very good. It's going to be very hard for me to miss. Yeah, I would have done the, the strength or like a he strength. He didn't tell contest. me he held it he said i just pushed it up i didn't say I, I said i pushed it up yeah and i'm pushing it back down yeah right and he got 18 with disadvantage that hits 10 points of piercing damage ah! jesus christ 
It okay. falls to the ground. Wait. You wait. There's two more moments that still have to be played out. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. It falls to the ground, slams to the ground. Fi- a mix of fire and blood start to pour and dribble out of its actual mouth. But it gets back up, angles its shoulders at Grayson, and growls as. But it's like guttural. The blood is like making it like. As it's like growling. Six approaches at this point, gets on one knee, and holds out food to it. Is that correct? She's crisscross applesauce, but yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and roll animal handling for me. I've got inspiration. Oh, uh, we'll roll it, and we'll see if you want to use it. This poor animal. Yeah, might as well. You know, what is that? What do I just roll with advantage when I use it? Well, you first. You first just roll. And then, if you don't like the roll, then you can roll for inspiration. Roll the inspiration. Seventeen. You make the decision if you want to re-roll it now before I give a reaction. So if you're like, I feel like that's pretty good. I'm not going to use my inspiration. So you want to keep the seventeen. Correct. This dog. Looks at Grayson, looks at you, looks at Grayson, and grabs the food. It runs away back towards the cave, comes back. The food's not in its mouth. <gasps> Grayson, I think it has puppies. Oh. I'm going to shoot it again. Yeah, right when that happens, I grab his rifle and slam him against the wall. Like, because he has it like this, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lunge at him with the, and grab the rifle with both hands. The mage hand disappears because I'm not concentrating anymore. And I'm going to kind of use my wings to propel me forward and push him against the wall. <gasps> oh, my him. God. I want a hellhound puppy. <laughs> <laughs> so Valen grabs, yeah, grabs the rifle and pins him against the wall. Yeah, I'm going to push back against that. Are, are, are you grappling over the gun? Well, I'm trying to pin him down with a gun. And I'm trying to just, like, not be moved. Okay. Go ahead and roll for it. Oh, shit. That's a six. Now I'm rolling a six. I rolled a five. Grayson rolled a five. Yay. All right. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so Valen comes in, pushes this rifle, and pins him. He pushes back, and Valen just takes his wings and, woof, like, to really input. And you're kind of pinned um, underneath your gun. Yeah, I, I look at him, and I just look him dead in the eye and just says, stop. It's a wild fucking animal. It doesn't matter. It's trying to protect something. It's an it's a dog made out of fire and shadow blocking our path out of here. There is nothing. Go get close to it and see what happens. It is not even trying to attack us. Hey, Valen, why sound funny right now? <sighs> what what are you, what what are you talking about? Just just trying to protect this dog that's here. Well, well, Lindsay got somewhere with it. Why doesn't somebody, can somebody Lindsay? try and, I Who's mean, Lindsay? oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I broke the wall. I broke I the wall. Those, I guess those mushrooms got to you. <laughs> well, six, Fuck, I'm trying to try again. Wait, rewind. Fuck that bitch, Lindsay. Well, six got somewhere with it. Why doesn't, can somebody, like, just try, can we just try to talk to it? Can somebody try to communicate with it in any way? The unfortunate thing at this point, this is a wild animal. I think Lindsay may have just been Lindsay! Lindsay! Because- <laughs> <laughs> damn it! Jesus Christ, I'm fucking same thing. That's just me! It was in my fucking head. Oh, I got it now. God fucking damn Sorry. it. Sorry! Let me try this again. That's okay. This is not the best idea, seeing the fact that this is just a wild animal. I believe that Six was just lucky. 
But on the flip side, I believe with Valen that although it is not actively trying to hurt us, we shouldn't touch it. I think we've done enough. Temple, you are correct. We've already done enough with this. I think we just let it be, back away, and go the other direction. And as you say direction, you do notice that the cave does split into three areas here, and the gar or the the hellhound is on the left side, most side. Seems to be really pacing in front of that area. The last thing we need to go is go towards it, because it seems like it's being defensive. God only knows what's on the other side of where it is. Can Six use one of her healing kits on it before we abandon it? Yeah, as you start to get closer, taking your healing kit out, it and snaps at you. Doesn't snap you, but snaps towards you very aggressively. Can I throw, so Six throws some more, um, like put maybe puts her hand out with some food and gives it one more chant, one more try. Uh, yeah, the minute you grab the food, it looks at Grayson, and it stares at Grayson, and then quickly grabs the food and runs runs away, and this time, I don't think it comes back. Alright, well, we tried. I tried. But there's just a pile of blood behind, like, where it left. This breaks my fucking heart. We just totally mutilated this poor mama hellhound. She's just trying to be the best mom that she can be. And we fucking put a bunch of holes in her, and we're like, "Live your life." So when I when I notice it, it doesn't come back, I release Grayson. When uh when Valen lets go, Grayson just kind of like shakes it off and just glares at him and just completely shoulder checks him while he's walking past. When that happens, Valen look at him like, "Hey, this whole shoot first, ask questions later, it doesn't get you anywhere. Trust me." It gets us off this planet alive. This, and I hold up my hand with the demon tattoo, is what happens when you try to talk first. At least here. I'm gonna agree with Valen, though. That was a dog made out of shadow and fire. That's not a normal occurring animal. Grayson, you gotta... You gotta ask us, though, first, before you just start doing shit like that. I agree. If you all want to make friends with a wild animal in our way, blocking our path, you're more than welcome to. I'm trying to get you all off this planet alive. I pointed him. I'm like, you're, you said it multiple times. Your job is to protect us. Sometimes shooting first endangers the entire party. Sometimes stopping me from shooting first endangers the entire party too. I, I just stared at him. Just, just. Grayson turns, turns away from Valen, just starts walking down the center path. The minute his step hits, you do, you do hear, of a puppy-like noise. No. Oh, no. You know, I have a lot of ex- excess um, success staying alive by just running away. I do two pants. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, Temple puts a, a, a hand on Valen's shoulder. Our actions are our only belongings. I agree with you. I think that we should just keep moving and... and Make a, as little impact on our surroundings as possible. When when that happens, great. Uh, when that happens, Valen's hands like unclench, and like you see, like just him start to relax, and he takes a breath. Uh, Tem- Temple walks away from Valen. Yeah, I'll start. I'll start. I'll start following uh, Temple slowly, just trying to shake it off. Uh, hey, Valen. Anything you'd like to share with the class? Um, I don't know what you're talking about. 
I think you might have a little bit of an idea of what I'm talking about. You sounded pretty different. Sounded pretty different over there. Um, well, that was... I was trying to make a point. I'm not used to people who have accents not having accents for a little bit, though. Your, your hee-haw cowboy routine kind of kind of went out the window for a little bit there, so what, what's up with that? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what you're saying. I'm, I, I didn't hear anything. I didn't feel anything different. It just, it was anger, and it just enraged, and I felt it was wrong what Grayson was doing. Well, my voice changed when I started fighting those goblins. You didn't say anything about that. <laughs> mm, it's different. It's pretty different. Gosh, just had a big, How big that different? dick moment right there. <laughs> <laughs> what about my voice, six? Huh? What about my voice? My voice changed. Grayson, back me up here. I have no opinion. I just want to get out of here. Hmm. But if you're trying to prove Valen wrong, yeah, you're right. Whatever you're arguing with Valen about, you're right. <laughs> Valen, Valen just proceeds to walk away. Didn't hit, didn't his accent sound a little different when he was when he was fighting you? Sure, fucking did. Hmm, isn't that a little suspicious? Is that not suspicious to anybody else here? One mystery at a time, six. One mystery at a time. Okay. Nah, I'm good. And then he taps on because he's on Temple still, and so he taps on Temple's head and goes, "Onward, my metal humanoid companion." <laughs> <laughs> okay, Vance. <laughs> Temple. Marches on. Taurus will just follow everyone. So you walk straight through the temple ahead, and you guys kind of have to go up a little bit. It's almost like stairs. And when you get to the landing top, you see in front of you, you see a pathway to the left, and you see a large cavern opening-ish to the right. And the cavern to the right almost looks like there are ribs of a giant ancient creature that is long since dead that like kind of encompass this cavern, just big rib like things. And then in the middle, there's some greenish watery stuff underneath. Yeah. So as you, so as Grayson kind of looks up the, there's shadows casting over his face from the ribs and the little blue lights that are above. Um, he notices there's like a greenish type of water that's underneath. Um, probably like some, it almost looks like like mushroom gunk water kind of thing. And then um, you do notice that there's just a, a path ahead. Or there's a, a place also to the left. There's a cavern up to the left, too. Pants, do you want to check out this little cavern with me real quick? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we just kind of... Uh, Temple just kind of walks a bit off to the left. Uh, I think taps Torash's shoulder as they walk by. Uh, we're just going to peek around the corner here. I'll keep an eye on you guys. I'm going to turn around and follow him. Cool. You just all left six and Grayson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, Torres will just kind of, Torres will just stand like at the intersection between the big room and the, um, and the outcropping to the left just to keep an eye, just to kind of keep an eye between everyone. Yeah, I just want to make sure that, I just want to make sure that Temple and, and Pants are okay. So Temple with Pants on his shoulders walks starts walking down this little scythe cavern with Valen following. And the cave becomes less cave-like. It looks metal. It looks like there's pieces of metal that have been banged into the walls and hammered in. 
um, you notice that there are actual doors inside of the caves there. So there's like four, there's four little door areas and then the cave just keeps going deeper. I wasn't expecting construction. Oh, the door's locked. You don't know. Can I push on the doors? Just to... Well, hold on one second because they're ahead of you, so let them react really quick. Okay. I wasn't con expecting construction down here. This looks architected. Yeah, it's a bit odd. Um, but what about this plan isn't odd at this point? A good point. Hmm. What? We should open the doors and see if what's behind them. Yeah, we could try this first one. Um, yeah, you push on it. It's not locked. It opens. There's nothing in there. It's it's just like a little separate area. Next. Yep. Pants pushes open the next door and comes face to face with a red kobold that goes, who the fuck are you? And we're <laughs> going to stop the session right there. Oh, yes. come on. <laughs> Ooh, juicy. Cliffhanger. A red, a red pants? A red pants. <laughs> red pants? Thank you so much for listening to episode five of our first campaign, Stardust Echoes. We here at the Dungeon Boys are so grateful for you. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a like, give us a follow. Any little bit helps for us to make some more amazing content for you. And with that, the Dungeon Bullies are out.